You're listening to the Redeemer London podcast. For more information, visit our website at redeemerlondon.org. Um, I think maybe just before I start, I think we should perhaps pray. Yes? Join me in agreement. Back on. Okay. Yeah. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Even as Emmanuel and I share what is in our hearts, Lord, I ask that you will speak to every heart here and that your spirit will enable us to communicate uh, what you have for your people in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, wonderful. Thank you very much, Sandra. No, no, it's fine. This is good. <laughs> good morning, everybody. It's wonderful to have to talk to you today, the last Sunday before Christmas. Uh, Christmas is a wonderful time, as many of you know. In the carol service, we had a couple of friends come to the carol service who had never been to a carol service before. Never. In fact, they're from Turkey, which is a predominantly non-Christian country. And uh, the lady said to me, I really, I really like the carol service because everybody seems to be very happy. Uh, and uh, I think they kind of like Christmas for that reason. But uh, people love Christmas for different reasons. Some people love Christmas because they get time of work. Some because of the songs. That they <laughs> some because of the songs we sing. Some because of the amount of food we eat. Uh, others because of the presents they receive. It's wonderful. Everybody, there's something good for everybody at Christmas. Uh, but the main reason why Christmas is remarkable is because heaven broke into earth. Jesus was born. The Son of God was sent to us. And that is why Christmas is remarkable. And another reason why it's particularly remarkable is because the whole world had been waiting for this moment for a long time. Prophecies had been coming through saying a person is going to be born who will bring peace and who will bring joy and who would save people from their sins. And one of these prophecies is uh, found in the book of Isaiah chapter 9. And I'm just going to read, and if you have your Bibles, uh, you can open to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read from verse 6 to 7, but it's going to come up on the screen. All the scriptures I talk about today will be on the screen. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I think you should take note of that, because we're going to be referring to the Prince of Peace a lot today. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. that noise again. Right, so when Jesus was born, angels appeared um, to the shepherds who, it says, they were watching their flocks by night. And it's really weird because recently Emmanuel and I went to Bethlehem to see where that place was, and they've built a church there. And inside the church, they've drawn like a, like a painting on the wall that depicts the angels uh, descending. Hopefully that should come up, the picture. So that's the picture that you see in this church where it's said that it's happened. And if you bring up the next picture, you can see a, another uh, shepherd taking a picture of the angel. No, I'm only joking. It's just me. <laughs> I don't know why he put that on there. Anyway. So, yes. So, basically... 
at that time, it said the angels appeared and heaven broke into earth. And there's been other times when heaven has broken into earth. For example, when Jesus was baptized, it said that actually that the heavens opened and it said that the Holy Spirit descended as like a dove. And it also says that God spoke and said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased, which is just like, wow, talk about heaven breaking into earth. What a big thing to happen. Another time was also on the Mount of... um, Mount of Olives, when it said that Jesus ascended to the Father, and it also says that an angel appeared, and as the, basically, the disciples were stirring up, watching this amazing thing happen, the angel appeared and said, what are you doing staring up? He said, just as you've seen him go, he's going to come back in the same way. So, you know, sometimes these things do happen. Heaven breaks into earth. Talking about heaven breaking into earth, another one which we're actually going to focus on today is this, this, the story about what happened on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, this story is particularly important because something fantastic happened there. We had a Prince of Peace, Jesus, meet with another prince who we're going to introduce to you today, and that is the Prince of Egypt. They actually met on the Mount of Transfiguration. So... Uh, uh, just, just to give you an introduction, who is this Prince of Egypt? Who is he? Uh, and then we can talk later about the meeting between these two princes uh, on, the, on that Mount of Transfiguration. The story of Moses and his birth can be found in Exodus chapter 2, which we're going to read very briefly. Just to give you a quick context around what was happening around this time, you had the Israelites living in Egypt. They'd moved there many years before when they were just a kind of a family, and over the years, it grown and grown and become a nation within a bigger nation. And a, a, a wicked king had come to the throne. He wasn't happy with these ethnic minority people multiplying and growing and prospering. He, said to, he passed a decree and said, any, all the male children born by any of the Hebrew women should be killed at birth. And that is the, that's the situation we had. So I'm just going to read, or both of us rather, going to read the story. During this time, a man from the tribe of Levi married a woman from the tribe of Levi, and she bore a son. When she saw what a fine baby he was, she hid him for three months. But when she could not hide him any longer, she took a basket made of reeds and covered it with tar to make it watertight. She put the baby in it and placed it in the tall grass at the edge of the river. The baby's sister stood some distance away to see what would happen to him, her baby brother. And the king's daughter came down to the river to bathe. And whilst she was bathing, her servants walked along the bank. And suddenly she saw, she noticed the basket there in the tall grass. And she sent her slave woman to go and get it. The princess opened it and saw a baby boy. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. And then the sister asked her, Shall I go and call a Hebrew woman to nurse the baby for you? Please do, she answered. So the girl went and brought the baby's own mother. The princess told the mother of the baby, Take this baby 
Nurse him for me, and I will pay you to do it. So she took the baby and nursed him. Later, when the child was old enough, she took him back to the king's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. The princess, the king's daughter, said to herself, I pulled him out of the water, and so I named him Moses. So this is the story of how Moses became a prince. So he's, he became a prince. He grew up in the palace of Egypt. He's the prince of Egypt. Now, although these two princes were born at different times in history, they met at the Mount of Transfiguration, another occasion when heaven broke into earth. So we can look into this a bit more uh, in the book of Luke, chapter 9, from verse 28. So what happened there? I'm going to read this passage to you. Now, about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And as Jesus was praying, the appearance of his countenance was altered, and his clothing became dazzling white. And behold, two men talked with him, Moses, the prince of Egypt, and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his departure, i.e. the fact he was going to die and Send back to heaven after resurrection, which he was to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and those who were with Jesus were heavy with sleep, and when they were awakened, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with Jesus. And as the men, Moses and Elijah, were parting from Jesus, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is well that we are here. Let us make us three booths, one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. As Peter said this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And the voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen. Listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone. And they kept silence and told no one in those days anything of what they had seen. So, this is the situation where the Prince of Peace and the Prince of Egypt meet on a mountain. They had some kind of conversation. We don't actually know the details. But Sandra and I thought, oh, we can put something together that may be the conversation that may have happened between both of them. We just, you know, we don't know. We just thought, maybe it could have happened. So, we're going to dramatize the conversation that may have happened between the Prince of Egypt and the Prince of Peace. So I'm going to be the Prince of Egypt. Yes, and I will be the Prince of Peace, <laughs> Jesus. Wonderful. Hello, Jesus. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> How are you finding it, you know, preaching around with the, Ro preaching the gospel with the Romans around? Have there have they been any interruption to your ministry? Um, to be honest, it's been quite okay. I mean, they pretty much leave you alone. Um, if you don't get in their way, they leave you alone. And I, I can imagine that it was quite different for you in your time with the Egyptians, you know, bearing down on the people. It must have been really hard for you to see your people being oppressed. Oh, yes, it was terrible. I mean, I was a prince. I lived in the palace. But I could see my people suffering. Things were good in Egypt until a wicked king came on the throne. When I look back, though, at the things that happened, I think to myself, maybe that was God's way of getting the people uncomfortable so he can get them out of 
Egypt into the promised land. Talking about Egypt, did you not spend some time in Egypt as a child? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did, actually. Thanks for reminding me. We did. We moved there when I was very young. And basically, I was able to escape the massacre of babies, which had been ordered at the time by Herod, the king. And now when I think about it, didn't you survive a massacre of babies? Oh, yes, I did. I did. In fact, my mother tells me she had to think creatively, how do I rescue this child? So she put me in a basket by the riverside, and my sister, very clever, she was able to negotiate for my mother to get paid to nurse me. Can you imagine? You know, eventually, I did have to go back to the palace, and I was raised uh, by my adopted mother, uh, who was the king's daughter. And talking about adopt- adopted parents, you were raised by an adopted parent, weren't you? Indeed, I was. <laughs> Joseph actually was not my biological father. No, Joseph, he raised me as his own, but he wasn't my father. And actually, I was assisted by my cousin, John, John the Baptist. He helped launch my earthly ministry. Um, didn't you have help from family members? Yes, I did. I did. Uh, my brother Aaron, he was very helpful. When God sent me to help get the children of Israel out of slavery, I was not sure about it. There was women and iron. And he said, okay, your brother Aaron will help you. So he was of immense help to me. Uh, also, uh, I had help from the leaders uh, of the 12 tribes of Israel. Uh, they were very helpful to administer the big nation that we had to lead. Uh, how are things going with your 12 apostles? You, you, you have 12 guys you're kind of mentoring, aren't you? Yes, you're absolutely right. I do. The 12 um, apostles, they're learning. And actually, after I go, they're going to have to take on the baton and they're going to have to carry on and develop the work that I've been doing. Um, occasionally, there's one who kind of pinches money when no one's looking from the purse. Do you know what? It's really sad when things like that happens. Yeah, I, I can see you brought a few of them with you. They, they're actually sleeping. Yeah. But, you know, uh, the, the upside is, you know, they've, they've been able to perform a number of miracles in your name. I mean, that must be very satisfying to see them do this. Satisfying is the word. It is really pleasing to see them, you know, come to their own, do these miracles. And now when I think about it, God performed a number of miracles through you, didn't he? I'm thinking about the, the, the ten plagues. I'm thinking about uh, the parting of the Red Sea. I'm thinking about water from a rock. Yes, yes. Those were amazing days, you know, miracle after miracle. It was wonderful. Without those miracles, there's no way we could have got out of Egypt into the promised land. Mm. But the water out of the rock thing is, is a sore point for me because I let myself down. I let the people down. I did not believe that God was going to perform the miracle. And as a result, I wasn't allowed to enter the promised land. But guess what? Stood here with you in the promised land is wonderful for me. God has given me a second chance, and I'm really grateful. Also, I would say this is an even better opportunity because I was trying to get people out of physical slavery you are trying to bring spiritual freedom, which is even more amazing. Absolutely. Do you know what? Father God really is kind and merciful. He's the God that gives second chances. You weren't allowed the first time round because you messed up, but here you are in the promised land, stood with me, watching me bring them out of spiritual slavery 
just like you had brought them out of physical slavery. It's amazing. Um, Another similarity that just pumped into my head, your ministry ended on a mountain, didn't it? And my ministry is going to end on a mountain, the Mount of Olives, where I'm going to ascend back to the Father. Listen, I'm going to have to go because... (laughs) I'm going to have to return. I'll see you when I get back. I can see that Peter's proposing to build something. I'm I'm going to have to go. Okay, thank you very much. I'll see you later. Elijah, come on, let's go. (laughs) As you can see, that was a very special moment for Moses. (laughs) Yes, and for me, the Prince of Egypt. He had made a mistake. Uh, He hadn't believed God. And we're going to look at that passage in a bit more detail. But God had given him another opportunity, which was even better than the one that he had missed. Just to give you a quick preamble before we read the story of actually where did Moses miss it? Uh, Moses had successfully and miraculously taken the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, on the way to the promised land, but they had to go through the wilderness for, for a number of days. And the wilderness is a hard place. Nothing grows. There's no water. So they literally had to depend on God to get them from Egypt to the promised land. And that is the setting in which this next story happens. Next story. From the book of Numbers, chapter 20. I'm just going to read the passage for you. And the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Now, there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people contended with Moses and said, Would that we had died when our brethren died before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness, that we should die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or for figs or for vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. The Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the door of the tent of meeting, and fell on their faces. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, Take the rod and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water, so you can bring water out of the rock for them. For you shall give drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the rod from before the Lord as he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And Moses said to them, Hear now, you rebels! Shall we bring forth water for you out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his rod twice. And water came forth abundantly, and the congregation drank and their cattle. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me, to sanctify me in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore, you shall not bring this assembly into the land 
which I give them. So that story kind of gives you the picture of what happened uh, in the wilderness where Moses did not believe in God and he wasn't allowed to enter into the promised land. Well, the good news is Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration gives him another chance, an even better opportunity where he gets to stand in the land, not just see, stand in the land, but also witness a spiritual manifestation of what had started many years ago. Spiritual freedom just about to be accomplished by Jesus, which is a full completion of the picture of spirit, uh, physical freedom which Moses had accomplished many years ago. And this is particularly important because we are on the cusp of another year coming to an end. And some people at this time of the year would reflect on the year and think, you know, what did I do with my year? And also, you may have noticed also, the end of 2015 is the end of the half of the decade, if you like. So a second half of another decade unfolds from 2016. And a number of people might ask themselves, what have I done with the five years from 2010 to 2015? What have I done with my life? And as you look back, probably sat here looking back, I don't know what your assessment is. You might think, I missed opportunities. You might look back and think, I made a lot of mistakes. You might bear the scars of self-inflicted injuries that you inflicted upon yourself, maybe emotionally, maybe even physically. You might think, unfulfilled potential. I had it in my hand. I could have done it. I had the capability to do it. You might even be disappointed and think, I thought I would be further along at this point in my life. I thought I would have nailed it by now. And yet, here I am. And maybe the biggest cry of your heart is, Lord, I want another opportunity. Maybe in 2016, or maybe in the second half of the decade. Jesus is able to give you a second opportunity, or maybe even a third, if that's what you need. He's able to give you another opportunity in the new year and in the second half of the decade, if you reach out to him. And Jesus has a good track record of giving second opportunities. A good story that illustrates this is the story of Zacchaeus, a man who, as a tax collector, was not well liked by his people. He may have extorted people. He may have made terrible choices in his job, in the way in which he treated people. And then an opportunity came, which Jesus had provided. And we can see the details of that in the book of Luke chapter 19. And I'm just going to read that story to show how Zacchaeus gets another opportunity. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man called Zacchaeus. He was a, ta- was a chief tax collector and rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not, on the account of the crowd and because he was small of stature. So Zacchaeus ran on ahead and climbed into a sycamore tree to see Jesus. For Jesus was to pass by that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up, And said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for I must spend time at your house today. So Zacchaeus made haste and came down and received Jesus joyfully. And when the people around saw what was happening, they all murmured and said, Jesus has gone in to be be the guest 
of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it back to him fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to your house, since you also are the son of Abraham. For the Son of Man, the Prince of Peace, came to seek and to save the lost. Isn't that encouraging? Isn't that wonderful? Jesus is the giver of second opportunities. He's the giver of another chance, just like he did to the prince of Egypt, Moses, and just like he did to Zacchaeus. If you reach out to him today, he is able to give you another opportunity. Yes, and you know, as you're, here, you're hearing Emmanuel say that, you may feel a bit different. Actually, you may feel that you haven't wasted your opportunities, or you may feel that you haven't made mistakes. You may feel, as you look back, that what Emmanuel says doesn't resonate with you, but when you look back over the last year or even the last half decade, you may feel that you've been carrying burdens of guilt, you've been carrying burdens of maybe grief. You may feel you've been carrying burdens of shame, fear, or even worry. And it could be for whatever different reasons. People, you carry it and then you feel weighed down by it. You feel exhausted by carrying such burdens. Well, I want to encourage you this morning because, you know, the disciples, after they had seen Jesus crucified, after they had seen him viciously nailed to this cross and seen him literally bleed to death, they must have felt awful. They, they, I mean, it said that some of them, they deserted him. And quite frankly, they would have been afraid as well because they had seen Jesus being arrested by the Jews and then they would have seen him nailed to the cross by the Romans and they were with him. So they would have been fearful thinking, maybe they're going to come for us. Maybe we're next. And so some of the emotions they would have been feeling would have been guilt for leaving him maybe fear for their own safety. They could feel grief because they just lost their best mate. And, and also, quite frankly, they probably felt a bit disappointed because they believed he was the Messiah and the Messiah was meant to have come and freed them from the Romans and they just saw him die. So they must have felt so despondent, so sad, so awful. But then the Bible records that Jesus appeared to them and you can find the story in, in John's Gospel. It's in chapter 19. It's a little snippet. I'll read it to you because it really is quite special. It says, On the evening of the first day, the first day of the week, the doors being shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood amongst them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I send you. 
And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. The Holy Spirit, the game changer, if you like. So even in this really, really terrible situation, Jesus was able to bring peace to his disciples. He was able to give them the promise of the Holy Spirit, who, quite frankly, is able to be with us today and give us peace today. I I do want to encourage you that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and he makes an open invitation to you and to me today to come and receive that peace. And you you might sit there going, oh, wait a minute, I'm not sure it's an open invitation. That was just a snippet, him speaking to the disciples. Well, if we look on ahead, if we actually look at Matthew's gospel in, in, in chapter 11, verse 28, it actually is an open invitation. Jesus clearly says, come to me all who are who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. It's an open invitation to everyone, not just to me, not just to all of us. He will give us rest. Come to him if you are have, carrying those burdens. Come to him if you're weighed down by the stresses and strains of this life, of this world. Come to him if you need salvation. Come to him if you need peace. He is the giver of peace, and he can give you peace even today. And you are welcome, if you like the sound of that, if you haven't made Jesus Lord and Savior, you are welcome today even to receive him, to receive that peace, to receive that new life that he can bring, to receive that second chance that you've been hearing about this morning. And, and, and as you do that, as you receive him, uh, I believe that he will fill you with his peace. So what would be really good in our closing minutes, because I realize we've been talking a little while, it would be great if we, should, if we could all pray together. And if we could, with every eye closed and every head bowed, if we could just press into the Lord now. Um, I believe that there are three groups of people here that we should pray for, um, and I'd love to pray with you. The first group is actually that you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You haven't actually ever given your life to him, um, and you would really very much like to have a relationship with him so he can be the Prince of Peace in your life. If that's you here today, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I would encourage you now to raise your hand. I'd love to pray for you. And secondly, there'll be the second group is, you have already given your life to Jesus. And you may feel right now that you need the Holy Spirit to fill you afresh with his peace. If that's you, then I would encourage you right now, with every eye closed, every head bowed, to raise your hand. So I'd love to pray for you. And the third group, if you feel actually that the enemy has got a stronghold of fear in your life, 
And you want the Prince of Peace to come and set the captive free. If that's you, if you raise your hand again, I'd love to pray for you. Father God, we just thank you that you are indeed the Prince of Peace. You came to set the captive free. You, you are amazing. You never change. You're the same yesterday, today, forever. You did it in the Bible times. You're doing it today. And Father God, we pray for everyone here. Everyone here, Father God, that's raised their hands today, Lord Jesus, that wants, Father, your peace, Lord God. We pray in agreement because you said that we should agree in prayer, Lord. We pray in agreement, Father God, for you to come into their lives by your Holy Spirit and fill them with your peace, Lord God. Supernatural peace, the peace of the Lord that surpasses all understanding, Lord. No matter what the situation is, Lord God, we pray for your peace to be there, Father God, in their heart, shed abroad in their heart, Lord. Let them just have this tranquility that comes from you, Lord God. Father God, and if the fear, the worry, the anxiety is rooted, Father God, in something, in a stronghold, Lord, in the name of Jesus, in agreement, we take authority over it, Lord God. Father, we bind anything that's not of you, Lord God, every spirit of fear, Lord God. We command it to bow its knees under the obedience of Christ. We thank you, Jesus, that you said you did come to set the captives free, and we receive that freedom today from spiritual bondage, Lord God. We just break that off them right Amen. now Amen. in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And you could be here today and you might identify more with the need for another opportunity. You might look back at the year and think, oh, I missed it there. I wish I were given another chance to, to put it right. Or you might look back even longer and think for the, for the half decade ahead of us, I would love another chance. I would love another opportunity. I'm just going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you because you're a good God. You give second chances. You give third chances. You give another opportunity to your children so that they can enjoy the blessings you have for them. Lord, we repent for the times where we made mistakes, where we did not care about other people, where we did not think carefully about what we were doing. We did not think carefully about what we were saying where we struggled to believe in you, we did not have faith, where we did not do the things you would have liked us to do, where we missed the opportunity. Lord, we are so sorry. We repent and ask that you please forgive us for the wrong that we have done. But now, Lord, we look back to you and say, Lord, a new year starts in a few days, another half a decade, a decade just in front of us, we would love another opportunity, Lord, so that this time we would think about others more, so that this time we would express more faith, so that this time we will come along with you as you lead us. We pray for another opportunity, Lord Jesus, just like you extended one to Moses, which was even better than the first one, just like you said to Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Lord, we pray that you would open another door for us, create another opportunity for us so that we can enjoy what you have in store for us, so we can get to that plane you have prepared for us, so we can fulfill our potential, so we can maximize our potential, so we can be the blessing you, have, you want us to be. 
Lord, we pray, Lord, that as we look into the new year, that it will come. And this time, we will not be careless with it. We will take it and run with it. We will cherish it. We will make the most of it. We thank you because you're a loving father and you are going to do great things for your children in the new year. We pray for new open doors. We pray for breakthroughs. We pray for opportunities. We pray for a closer walk with you. And we thank you for answering our prayer. In Jesus' name. I want to encourage you guys, don't rush off after the service. Um, There's going to be people praying at the side for you, the administration team. If you were too shy to put your hand up for any of the prayers, then um, there will be someone at the side who can pray with you. If you want to give your life to Christ, there's someone that will be praying with you. Um, So, yes, please do connect and don't rush off at the end.